Uh, hello and welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 85, so if you've not watched that session yet, please go do that because there will be spoilers. I'm your DM, Eric, and joining me we have a Robbins player, Chris. Hello! Edmunds player, Raymond. What are our nuts? Got dark chocolate covered almonds. They are delicious. Oh, it's a big bag of nuts. It's a big bag of nuts, yeah. They're not they're not candy either. They're like I don't know. It's not like like actual like like the you know how they, they you do like dipped chocolate. It's more like a powder coating. Mm. So they're more nuts it's than really, chocolate. It's more nuts than chocolate. Yeah. I would probably dig that. Yeah. Um So yeah, the, <laughs> this I hyped this up as my favorite tower. I guess I want to know what how you all thought about this tower and and how it played out because this was a Ooh. very much like this is pretty much all we did with this session was do the tower of necromancy. Well, sir, um, there was there was two parts. Let's start the first part. Oh, uh, Jason, uh, is that a Kung Pao reference? I fucking love that movie. What? No, it's, that's a lot of nuts. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of nuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It's... We, we we quoted that for years. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll still, yeah, anytime somebody says nuts. That's a lot of nuts. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of quotes in that movie that are, like, stuck in my head. We mm-hmm. trained him wrong as a joke. <laughs> Sweet Susie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Watch out for his song about big butts. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, oh, I forgot the, the, the character that, that got trained wrong on, bur- on purpose was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for my was it, my nuts to your fist style. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. Yeah. I watched that movie religiously in college. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Tower of Necromancy. Uh, yeah. So the Tower of Necromancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first part... Social encounter, right? The 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 jar man, <laughs> the jar brain. It, it's meant to be, yeah. Which you all hilariously just. What's funny is we don't really have like a Kalinar type character or a Scarlet where somebody's just like, "This is fucked up. I'm not gonna let this happen." Like, instead, everybody's like, "Yeah, we'll perform brain surgery for this brain on a jar with a restrained Nothic." <laughs> like, what morally yeah. reprehensible things you used to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just the group dynamic is like, I, I, yeah. I was like, this is probably going to play out pretty much exactly like this, yeah. Because what you need is, you not only do you need somebody who's like, who's moral, but who's more, who's moral enough to to be an asshole about it. That's yeah. what you because like, every, like the situation's going this way. Right? Like everybody's agreed we're doing this thing. It's weird. Maybe if you think about it too long, maybe it's maybe it is fucked up. <laughs> we're, we're trying to play along, and but we're trying to play along. Yeah. The only way you get out of that is if you have a, a character who's so moral that they're willing to just be a dick about it and be like, no, I'm stopping everybody else from doing this thing. Yeah. And we don't have that. Yeah. True. Nobody's will. No, none of our, I'm not saying players, but none of our characters are willing to step up and like stand between the Nothic and the party and be right. like, ah, this is wrong. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, and what's and funny that, is there's, it's apropos of nothing. Like there's no reason to help to help here there's no like real reward i assumed he was the wizard for the longest time uh, i assumed he was going to give us the code we need to after help him we because he, helped yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. see interesting 
Yeah, so I thought it was by helping yeah, this, this, by helping this entity, then we'll get the line. This is yep. the thing we need to do. I see exactly, exactly. Like, this is this is it. Either either we have to fight him for it, or we have to help him do brain surgery to get it. That's yeah. That was my logic. In last what minute, would have happened if we had not helped? If we had like like stood up to him and said like this is wrong. Uh, he, he could go hostile. He's got pretty much the yeah. same. He's the same stat block as a brain in a jar. So, oh, okay. Which is not a very strong stat block, but they do have like that kind of illithid mind blast ability that can stun. And boy, that was fucking you guys up. What good? Uh, yeah, it did, like the whole like half the team each time he did it. Yeah, that intelligence has been kind of a dump save for a lot of you. So it's a it's a nasty mm -hmm. one. Yep. And then at the last minute, I decided that the uh the Nothic not the last minute. I had this in a crafting stream, but. Uh, it would turn uh, once it got if it got successfully put into a jar, it would then turn hostile and attack all of you just for funsies. Yeah, so there's 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 like a, a combat uh, yeah. somewhere in the yeah. Which yeah. I, I was going to say, anybody if somebody helped uh, do the surgery part of it and all that, they would successfully. Then the reward would be inspiration because I don't have any other kind of reward for them. Oh right. Well, I still even even after realizing he's not the wizard. I still thought that like the the reward was he let us go up into the tower. I don't, I don't know if he was going to let us go up if we hadn't helped him. That's well, but, that that's true. That's well, I'm just saying you could help him, but like fail at it. Then I don't know. Maybe if, oh, he would have right. been just disappointed and stuff, he but still been, let you go. Yeah. yeah, you kind of have to fail forward there. Where he's like, oh well, that's a yeah. bummer, and maybe we we'll get somebody. Else. You know, you chastise. You just don't get the inspiration reward. I don't know yeah, if he doesn't yeah. go hostile or anything, and you can always just go upstairs. But yeah, the right. point is, I'm glad you interacted with him, I guess, because that was yes, meant to be just yes. kind of a funny, weird, dark, uh, d yeah, darkly humorous se uh, sequence, which yeah, shout out yeah. to the designer of this is all uh, e uh, Expanded Towers of Etherin pretty much uh, completely. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I changed one thing, which we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But I loved the token that was created, which is really a multi-sided token with the different yeah. facial expressions. is really cute. And and Dan Kahn mentions the fact that, like, you know, role play him is using the, the hands and stuff like as real hands and. I that's loved all uh, yeah, of that. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, to report a little bit with him at least, the reveal is that he didn't even know he was a brain in a jar. Yes, and that is something oh, right. where if you if if you uh, try to convince him of that, he has like a psychotic break and then goes hostile. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought for a moment that maybe somebody like Frey would be like, you're a brain in a job, I'm not going to listen, you know, and he would be like, what, yeah. that's crazy. And so you can, and I tried to even play around with him getting more irritated and stuff, so that was always... We, uh, we, we just all rolled with the situation. You did, so like, just like the slot, where it's like, man, we got to just interact with everybody who's willing to talk with us, which is so funny that... We should go back a little bit. That was interesting because I guess the question... He's never questioned any of this. No, I, I mean, the thing is, this is set up when as this, like... Like, like insane, ancient, super magic city. So to me, in my mind, I'm like, having a slot be a wizard is not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> in some ancient magic city. So I just assumed that, like, yeah, they got slots in the city. Like, that slots are walking around with normal people. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that from, in this, in this <laughs> yeah, from a role-playing standpoint, too. You're like, hey, when in Rome, like, I'm just rolling with all this. Yeah, we're here. This place is weird. Let's yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, necromancy is just run by a bunch of brains. That's, that's, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep but yeah so we uh, Edmund and I both pumped up the weed so that he could I like that he was eager uh, to slice and dice yeah he was he was very although like we said he was actually hoping he would fail miserably and just, just mutilate, mutilate the body, the body. <laughs> yeah 
which definitely could have been on the board, and it just would have been disappointing for yeah. Lawrence, but wouldn't have gone hostile for that, like, because you at least tried. Right, right. The only time he goes hostile is A, you either refuse to deal with it, or B, you, like, you know, free the Nothic or something, or C, you reveal that he is, in fact, a brain in the jar. And you have to do it, like, several times and really, like, piss him off about it. Yeah. I, I do think, in hindsight, what I did was pretty fucked up. The but, suggestion well, thing? Yeah, that was. Yeah, the suggestion to make him not move, because the implication is that he would still feel all the pain. He's just compelled to not move that, while while the pain is happening. It was, it was a very dark way of dealing with a dark situation. <laughs> and I just DM ruled it like, well, you know, and again, this is a case where if you were just making a skill check, I'd have been like, all right, but because you're casting a spell and yeah. using a resource... And then convincing me of it, I'm like, sure, yeah, that works. Even though it's probably not suggestions <laughs> intent, but yeah, you know, yeah, you're using a spell for it, so whatever. Right. And yeah, it is extremely dark to do that. <laughs> yeah. I have the Nothics have just been my punching bags this whole time. Like they it's, have, they have, yeah. We've had, I think, we had two. Things, like it's not human. It's we had two or three like alien. fights with them, but otherwise, I've kind of used them as a cinematic uh, backdrop for getting their butts kicked around the area to 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 convey the dangers of other creatures. Yeah. Yep. And then this what what would happen if we did not sedate it? Um, oh, we didn't, yeah, if we hadn't sedated it. it, probably the same thing as if you had failed the the surgery. Basically, like it it just wouldn't work properly. Well, the, the Nothic would just be able to get free or start wiggling around, or or maybe I'd use the Nothic to attack you guys. Like they, it just complicated the, the process. The, the surgery would not have gone. Yeah, smoothly. yeah. Mm. And then maybe Lawrence would have gotten more pissed off, and and because you guys didn't follow his directions, it's one thing if you failed doing it. It's another thing if you. Try to circumvent what he's trying to tell you. Right. Yeah, I looked hard through my spell list, and there was nothing that would, like, sedate or put to sleep. Or Well, the backup is he does mention there are poisons around the shelves. So you could have just, eat, if you uh, wanted to, and just say, hey, can I look for something? Like, yeah, you find some. We could have just hand-waved it if you wanted to. But I wanted to see if somebody, wanted, if they had a spell they could use and come up with a way they could do it first. But that was always the, there was a backup, basically, if nobody had a way to do it. I had I had a, whole, a scroll of hold person. But we established not that aren't humanoids. Yeah, that's true. And that that I think is even more fucked up. That's like that's like the 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 stories of people who go into surgery and who don't go under from the anesthesia but can't move. Mm. You know those stories? Yeah, like like, like, really like they're awake. They're awake through the surgery. Weird, like consciousness where they can kinda of like feel but But they can't move anything. Yeah, yeah it's that, like no. Yeah. yeah, that's freaky. Yep. Like that's sleep paralysis stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was just a fun scene, basically. Yeah. Um, and really Not sets like the that, tone yeah. of how weird this tower is. And then you go upstairs, right. and I played this exactly as written in Expanded Towers of Ethrin, where mm. Katavix is, uh, and I even explain it in his, through his words, like, he'd use the magic jar spell to, to move his soul. His body was killed, but, so his soul is trapped, but his body was preserved because of the gentle repose spell. So his whole plan is, like, as soon as somebody comes into the door, I can possess them, and then I will raise my body and then just transform into that body. Now, obviously, when you have players involved, all of that can go wrong. Yeah. So it's written the fact that he's smart enough and wise enough to try to figure out who in the party would be the, you know, least charismatic. Because he knows, like, in a weird in-universe way, like, this is a charisma save. So it's like a, having a, a presence or a willpower to be able to, to yeah. rebuff him. It does mention the fact that he will literally try it on every single person until he makes it into somebody. Oh, so odds wow, are I would possess okay. somebody, but the real trick is who am I going to possess? So that's what I was really yeah. asking about. All right, who's coming in? So if you were the first one in, I'd be like, okay, fine. Who's next? Because he, he would right, immediately right. recognize that you yeah. have like a very high charisma. Okay. 
That's interesting. Yeah, my goal was to I'm... get either Frey, or either Frey or Edmund, because I figured you two players would have the most fun with being uh, possessed by mm -hmm. another entity. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do have low so... charisma. Yeah, yeah. that helps. <laughs> So what exactly did Heather get? Like you were, you you said you gave her some things. Like she get a she got a stat block. She yeah, basically she got a handout that kind of described. Um, it described who Katavix is, what he's about to do, and then what his stat block is in case things go awry and he's not able to raise his body and he's just stuck in this person's body, which okay. can technically happen. Uh, again, it depends on you know we don't have like a paladin or somebody's gonna step in and be like oh we gotta end this shit like immediately. Yeah, I guess I guess, yeah that that was only the, the only thing that was slightly confusing about this this situation was that like it seemed like like throughout it the best situation the best like course of action was to do nothing. Yeah, like like I I, I, I was like doubting myself at one point. I'm like. Is there something we should be doing? Because it feels like we should just be just standing back <laughs> and like, letting him finish. It's like that one trap in Tomb where, like, there's a lever and yeah. the whole goal is not to press the lever. Not, don't pull the lever, pull but the lever. You, you doubt yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, too, as a DM because I'm like, this is going to be more fun if I do what the book suggests, which is give the player control of this NPC, mm -hmm. you know, kind of give them some idea of, of how to do this. And then see how it plays out. And I thought by having the player control the NPC, that would make you, all of you more compliant with what's going on. Versus if I wrest control of an of a PC and everybody's That's like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah,", yeah. then that'd be more danger alert right. sort of situation. Yeah, I bet you're right. That was my thought process for it. Yeah, uh, but you can do a number of things. You can obviously just start combat and attack Freydevix if you want to, and and. She's got her own stat block. Um, yeah. I don't think you could... The, literally, the way the ghost powers work is it doesn't exit the body unless it wants to or you reduce the body to zero. So it would have been a crazy battle. Like a, like a fight it, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I think I think you can use maybe a certain kind of cleric spell to get rid of them too, but I don't think you guys mm. have access to that. Yeah. Or you can, you can find the diamond first and not let him have it because it requires... That, I was a little... I'm not annoyed, but confused by. I don't think Heather wasn't giving us enough information to where, like, I didn't know, like, if she was even looking for. It. Well, I guess we knew she was looking for it, but yeah. I tried th at some point. She was just like, "I did. I cast a spell." I'm like, okay, wait. We none of us even tried to look for it yet. We were talking about it, but I was so I wasn't sure if like there was a. She was the, asking. If there was a situation where we could find it. Yeah, we were whispering to each other about like the oh, timing okay. of this because it gets tricky. Like, because. It, it, I'll, I'll be honest. It's just it's tricky timing because she, when she possess, when she is possessed, she immediately starts looking for this diamond to find it and cast yeah. the spell. And the whole time, so it's meant to be kind of frantic and like you guys don't right, have a lot right. of time like to think time about this. Thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think in my head. Okay, they're asking questions. Is anybody saying specifically like? And at one point, I think Ray, you say like, "Well, let me help. Do I know what she's looking for?" And then I even reveal yeah. the fact that it's a diamond after a check. But nobody's like specifically calls out that's like, okay, well, I start down there and start and try to find it before she does or something. Oh, okay. If somebody had like quickly said that at some point, then I'd be like, all right, roll me an investigation check, which it's a pretty high DC to try to find it. But you do have gotcha. a chance to find it before she does. But at some point, she's like, all right, when do I find this thing? And I'm like, when's like, all right, well, give, give us a second. And then it's like, you know, you wait a moment, like, all right, nobody's really going after it. So you go ahead and find it, you know, basically. Okay. So it's just kind of a, to where if I were, you know, controlling it, this is how I would do it too. If, if, gotcha. if, uh, Nobody jumps in there real quick because I'm trying to keep a, a timer in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then she's just going to grab it and start doing it. 
Gotcha. Now, also yeah. that you can still interrupt her when she's in the middle of the spell. The spell casts an hour sure. yeah. to cast. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and in fact, once she consumes the diamond, it gets really dangerous. If you do interrupt uh, Freight of X, then, oh shit, you can't raise the body without another diamond. So it becomes oh, right. very perilous for getting the body back. Mm-hmm. But that's another way you can upset the whole situation. So it, it's a lot of things that can happen here that I don't know what's going to happen once I thrust this problem into all of you. Right, right. But yeah, the no. way Heather was playing it, I, I I felt like it was like, oh, we not 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 trustworthy, but not also not you know, he, he had a goal and his goal wasn't gonna hurt us. So. Yeah. <laughs> which which I th- go ahead, Ramy, say something. I was gonna say I was I was conflicted whether it was a bad thing or not to raise him. Yes. Right. Which is good. That's what I want to create <laughs> is like this is a a weird thing happening. Like, you walk into this tower, a ghost possesses one of your player characters, they're acting weird. It's like, uh, what should we do here? And and then, yeah, the twist is that this this person isn't actually hostile, and in fact can be a font of very useful information for you. Yeah. But yeah. they have a to... Lot ha- very useful very, a lot of very useful information. So I was really hoping this would end up this way, which is why I was not, you know, trying to be um, overly aggressive in any way and yeah. in explaining that situation. So, uh. Ultimately, I think it turned out to the benefit for everyone, and and we still got to play the scene in a very awkward, tense uh, manner. Um, the one no, thing. Got, no, got, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the one thing I changed. Oh yeah, what did you change? So in the expanded towers of Ethrin, um, it, it he, he does have a lover, and it's like one of the other. Uh, I think it's the Tower of Enchantment. And then that's just a, a lot of the towers do that. If you notice, they they take you to go. So it's a very good open world game design. Oh, like abjuration's God. like, oh, you need to get the the nether wand from the arboretum, and divination's like, oh, you yeah. need to get my spell book from over here. Like they do a good job of forcing you to different. This one is like, oh, you need to go check up on my lover in the tower of enchantment. So you have to go to the tower of enchantment and check on that one. Uh, okay, yeah. And I w- was thinking, all right, first of all, I've got this twist that I've had in my back pocket for years. I think since I first was like going to start this campaign. This was my. This was. Literally back when I first started doing my notes, like this was my big twist I was going to reveal. And I kept thinking about how I'm going to try to even reveal this twist. And I thought, guys, going to be at the very end. Like, what's going on? And then when we got to the Expanded Towers of Ethan, I was reading about his lover. I was like, this is how I'm going to fucking do it. This is how I'm going to fucking do it. With this, with this character, he's going to drop a fantastic twist on the characters. So I'm very and so that's what I changed. The original thing he does have a lover, but it's this other tower thing. And we weren't, you know, I'm writing that tower off because we didn't we skipped uh three of them in the end. So instead I replace it with this other uh twist. And I'm very curious to know your thoughts on that. Okay, so the twist itself is you? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Because you and I both do this, do this as DMs. I, I did this in the last campaign, you're doing this here now. Like we don't really give it too much of a shit about D and D lore. Yes, because I know like D and D gods are like are actual gods. Right. They're not like people who have lots of power or whatever. Right. They're actual like a, a, you know whatever. Yeah. So that's why it, 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 I mean you you could probably hear it when we were doing the thing. I was sort of like trying to process this. I was yeah. like, okay, I guess this is, this is not oral. Like it's like me who a DM who's read the books and he's like it was read like okay oral is the goddess of this and that and the yeah. other. You know, like like actual like Olympus type gods, right? Yeah, you do have to divorce yourself a bit from the official lore, which I have obviously heard a, a mouthful from many folks watching the crafting streams. That uh, which I mean to say, everybody's like, you know, this is obviously DM prerogative to do the game this way. 
but that that was a big change that I had to make. Was like this is a a big in universe yeah. thing. I'm I'm definitely right, changing. right, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah, like, what if we like got the, to find the, out like the origin of 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 a god? Of a yeah, god. absolutely. Yeah. Did he a lot of are aren't they? I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, or you probably told me at one point, Sylvan. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, yeah I, thought, I, mean, I, thought, I mean, narratively, I think it's a great twist. It's very interesting. And, and I think it also, I, I don't, I, I guess you probably can't tell us quite yet, but it, knowing this, I'd be interested to hear like what, because it seems like what you're doing is you're tying in the destruction of the city into like Arl herself. So I'd be interested to hear like in the, or as written history, what caused the destruction of the city. Mm. Yeah. Um, which we probably can't talk about now, but maybe we talk about it later. Yeah, I could I could probably talk about it later. Yeah. yeah but this was not. part of the problem with this whole campaign was the entire oral story was completely divorced from the Etheran story as written. Like at Wait, least that, say that again? The the whole oral was divorced from Etheran? Yes. They had nothing to do with each other. Except they I'm, both took place in I'm, Icewind Dale. I'm having trouble even comprehending that as one singular campaign. So does that mean, like, before we even get to Ethrin, we've solved the Endless Night problem? Possibly, because you can just fight Aurel at her abode, and then you solve it, yeah. So I know. why would we even go to Ethrin? <laughs> like... For adventure, I get... Which, right, which, this is the exact problem I had with it, too. The motivation yeah. is, like, it's it's so poorly written. Now, you, know, you, you can divide the adventure up between Act 1, the Dwerger threat, Act 2, Aurel, yeah. and Act 3, Ethrin. The Dwerger threat ties in pretty nicely because basically they're the whole reason they were able to do their stuff is because of the endless night. Because of the endless night. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like, all right, that's great. That's a that's a wonderful tie-in. But the oral thing is, I don't think you ever even get motivation. I'm trying to remember what the original one was, other than the fact that she's just blanketed the world in endless night, and she's just a generic villain that you need to like stop her. Right, she's just the goddess of night, so yeah. she wants the world to be covered in night. So and then in the end of, the uh, and so you can go to the abode and fight and kill her, and then you solve it. But right before that, Valen tells you about this, hey, there's this hidden city we should go check out. It's, it, it, it's super, like, I had to do so much fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, much that, fucking that, work that, on that this campaign. That is a hefty amount of work. It's, it's like that's like narrative work. Like you had to like like yeah restructure some of the like the plot elements. We'll talk about this a lot when, when we do our big uh, epilogue and recap episode. But uh, I haven't been able to do nearly as much with y'all's personal storylines like I did with Tomb, where I did like these personal oh, quest arcs yeah. that we follow because I've had to do so much to the main story. Now I've right. liked if I can toot my own horn all the changes, and I think they've been fitting together really nicely. But yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do the focus on everybody else's stuff because I've got all these compounding different NPC factions and tying together Oral with Ethrin and all these different elements of the main story. I've had to bend over backwards trying to like expanding Valish Gaunt's role and doing the whole Shardle and Dig side oh, as, a, yeah. as a important piece of the puzzle. Like it's been insane. You had, yeah, you had to like like what do you call it? What's the word where you go? You have to step backwards through it through a process like retrofit. Like like yes. the plot, like you had you had once once you made these big changes to the third act, yeah. 
like you had to go then and retrofit some of the first act stuff yeah so that it fits with what you're doing in the third act. i did yeah i did and if you remember even from as early as maybe the second session where i was like all right that means oral is trying to find the wizards because it's the wizards finding etherin is what caused her to blanket everything in the night so that gives her motivation yeah. and then they'll discover later on that you know she has ties to etherin herself and then how deep are those ties oh shit she was a wizard at Etherin who maybe caused the whole destruction and that's how she became a goddess. So that's her background ties. And yeah. and now she's worried or, or, you know, concerned that Etherin suddenly powered up again. Like, oh shit, we need to deal with this. And so she likes everything. So this, yeah, all of the shit, like, holy crap. It's been very satisfying and, and um, a good uh, challenge, I guess, as a DM to have to put all those yeah. pieces together. But my goodness, <laughs> it, it would be tricky to recommend this campaign as written uh, just because it feels so disconnected at least i mean you could run it from all the way to aural's abode and then end it and just never do etherin and it would be a fine smaller campaign or yeah you know and just run etherin as this interesting like kind of lost city thing with the caves of hunger and then etherin as this whole thing because that's pretty self-contained there yeah but yeah, it's it's been a lot, and it's been very stressful lately because now, like you said, all the chickens are coming to roost. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to do all these different payoffs. Right. And a lot of it is, uh, I can't prep for what you guys are going to do or how you're going to yeah. handle these situations. Yeah. So you talk about like just giving the player problems. Like, this, this is, yeah. I'm giving you a problem, but like as a DM, I'm also trying to scramble to figure out like, holy shit, what are they even going to do? Like, <laughs> because it, I talk about this in crafting. If this were a, if this were a open world, uh, game, video game, mm -hmm. this would be one of those bottleneck moments, uh, yes. like getting the spire, where, where it's like, all right, now you have to like choose which of the arcane wizards you want to ally with. Is it avarice? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it uh, Nass or is it Valin? Like all these wizards, you know, you need, yeah. you know, you need, and and I would. You know, you have to be forced to go into one of them, and then different things can happen. But because it's D and D, you we could be more loosey goosey about how this is all going to work, or or what you're going to, mm -hmm. how it's going to play out. So I I don't know how it's going to play out. I can only script so much. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yes, and, and I I don't know how it's. Yeah, I don't I don't either because we don't like in my head. I'm like, well, we don't want any of the like bad the wizards that we don't like. Besides Valin, <laughs> yeah, we don't want any of them to get access to this thing because it it seems just terribly dangerous, and they don't want to shut it down. They want to use, you know, they want to like control it and take it. Right. So yeah, that's, and, and the nice that's, we'll see how that goes. The nice thing is I was able to give you more context with that necromancer character too about like yes. you know you got the big reveal. It's like oh shit, somebody used the Mythalar to like become a god. Like yeah, this suddenly became even more yeah. like high stakes, which was certainly the goal there. And now you've got other characters who like want to you know yeah claim to that treasure like mm -hmm. oh dear <laughs> yeah this could be a problem yep yeah I, i'm that's fascinated that is that is fascinating though to hear just how much narrative work you had to do here yeah in hindsight you are giving me flashbacks to storm king's thunder because I, I remember i had to do a lot of that too because in storm king's thunder the villain of the campaign you don't even know that she's the villain of the campaign until the very fucking end. Yeah, that sucks. And so I had to like, okay, how do I like re like fit her into the re all the rest of the plots of the game? How do I fit her into the Kraken Society? And how do I fit her into this? And how do I fit her into that? Yeah. Because like, as written, it's just like, oh yeah, and then at the very end of the game, you go to the giant's 
place and she's there hidden as a giant and i, I feel yeah. i feel like a lot of the D campaigns have a villain problem one of the reasons why curse of strahd is so highly regarded is because it's one of the few that does a good job with its villain with it yeah um i will say an advantage to this campaign although a lot of it is again to my own horn my doing is being able to reuse a lot of npcs and have these payoffs oh yeah and, and have yeah. You know, Ness Lantimir do a scary thing, teleport away, steal Valen, and then later on you you can rescue Valen and deal with her, and then you meet Valish Gaunt and have to deal with that. You you rescue Valen, you lose Valen for a time, you get Valen back. Um, yeah, I did. There was a Goliath NPC that you rescued, and then you got to do a, a side quest with him for a time. Right. Yes. It, it was very fun having it take place in one area, but unlike Tomb of Annihilation, where it's like, oh, you have the characters and then they leave. I was able to have characters come and go for the first time in a campaign, and yeah. that has been really enjoyable. And with Vil, like yeah, you know, Valish and Nas, and now Avarice like came back after so many sessions, right? Yeah, interact with her again, like that has been a lot of fun for me as a DM. To me, that's the cool payoffs because I'm very character focused, so I really like being right, able to have all right. these characters come back and, and have these have this uh, history. Now, on the other hand, it's tricky in a game that lasts two years to uh make people remember and care about things that might have happened like literally like a year or 18 months ago or something so yeah you're doing two hours once a week yeah you know yeah so half three hours that's me extending the length of the campaign has has compounded the problem with trying to create all these uh narrative payoffs uh just because of the time, I think it's it's yeah, it, that can be yeah. a challenge for sure. I'm I don't know about the rest of the players. I rem- I remember most things. I, I I have a problem with names, but I, I tend to remember events. Yeah, like oh, that's the person that did this. Like <laughs> I I do remember that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's helpful. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, we are we're definitely going down the end game now. I, I did plan on I, I I waffled back and forth on whether we were going to do the Tower of Evocation. Um, but ultimately, I was like, you know, it, it just feels like, especially now they hit level 14, um, we're just getting to the end of the exploration. We, we've been we've exploring Ethan for 10 sessions now. Like, that's yeah, that's a bunch. You, you just feel like you're done with it? I already moved the Tower of Illusion up so we could do that one. Evocation's fine. I think it's a, it's a fun dungeon design. Um, a little tower design, I guess. But it just, it kind of got cut. It got, you know, cutting room floor. Yeah. I was totally okay with cutting enchantment and transmutation. I think those were the weakest. Um, so ultimately, Can you talk about those a little bit now that we're not going to visit them. Uh, pro- not, probably not this one. Probably the epilogue yeah. and recap. If we get to it, okay. I'll, I can I can mention them um, briefly and just do a, an overview. But mm-hmm. this one's already going over thirty minutes okay. now. But uh, so yeah, we ended up skipping that one in his head. Like, all right, well, I'll just have the ice devil appear, give the information, do a little cinematic cutscenes. It's fun. Uh, yeah. I love showcasing how strong creatures are, kind of in this little background <laughs> cutscene. Right. And then, very pointedly, I wrote in my notes, he was not going to tell you shit, because that was not part of the contract. He was going to give you the information you got, and then as soon as you ask any questions, I knew you would, he would have a kind of a a cryptic line about, like, I've made a new bargain, and then just fuck off. (laughs) Which, again, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. I like the reaction. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Hey, we got the information. Yeah. Which worked out great, because that meant, okay, now I don't have an... I have to do an awkward scene with Valish and Ness... First, because I also was concerned about, oh, as I was going to have the devil, like, appear at the uh, spire entrance. I'm like, they don't know they can go to the spire entrance yet unless I have the devil appear and give them the rest of the information. Otherwise, they'll just head over to the towers. So I realized I had to do that scene 
And if you notice, like right after you exit the tower, that scene happens to very much tell you guys, hey, you're done now with the exploration of Ether and you can right, go back to right. the entrance. Yes. And then I can pull the trigger of Which, my big meeting. Great. That that was to me that was that was a, That was a, me a, trimming a, the a, fat of Well, not only was that, but it was for me it was completely acceptable and satisfying payoff to a choice I made mm. as a character. Like, like we, we, you know, we, I did a thing that I, that I knew was a gamble and, you know, but it was a choice I made in character and this was the payoff for that. And I felt like, I felt good about it. Good. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, it's uh, not, I think it was Torbjorn King's Thunder where Heather had that whole sequence where she like talked a bunch of mercenaries out of attacking you guys and like doing something else. And I was like, I, I have to pay this off somehow. Like she did this whole thing. Yeah. And it's like when, when a player does something where it's like, okay, they put some effort into this and it could just disappear. It could just be like, okay, the, the thing, the thing you did just isn't right. a problem. You never now, get a follow up just, on it. Yeah. You never get a follow up on it, but it's, it's much more satisfying to like, even if it is later on, even yeah. if it is, you know, many sessions later to be like, oh yeah, that thing you did, here's, here's the, the, the repercussions. Almost like in a video game where like you get to the end of, of a video game. And they have like the paragraphs that show up. Like, yeah. Because you did this, this city yeah. was blah 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 or whatever. Yeah, Chris, I'll have you know, uh, during Thursday's crafting stream, I literally live on the stream, I scrubbed through session eighty, I believe, where you made the contract, mm. and I went back through that exact sequence so that I made sure I adhered. I <laughs> adhered to the wording of your contract. I went through anybody watching that crafting stream. We're like, yes, he did do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, yeah. I cared that much about making sure I had the follow up correct on this. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but if if I had remembered, you know, I would have brought it up. Yes. Like, oh, that wasn't the, that wasn't the deal. The well, deal was one, one interesting thing. You you, you didn't uh, ask about this, but it gave you uh, four, even though you only needed three. Because but one you, that we already had, right, right? But you did tell it initially it had to do four. Oh, okay. So I was like, it does four then. Is, it just it, why is it because I think the problem is it I redid one that we had already passed. Yes. Is yeah, what, it did the Tower okay, of Illusion, okay. which I didn't. It, it was which was right there. So it just which I gotcha. You, how did you do the play? Like it's not gonna answer that. It's just gonna give you the clue. <laughs> <laughs> like because I don't fucking know. <laughs> Yeah. Cut to I mean, cut to a, a post credit scene where the devil's <laughs> acting out all the parts like gloriously. <laughs> when, like during you know they have the credit the crazy credits and they show like funny scenes of outtakes and it's definitely right, Ice Devil yeah. up on stage doing all it's, the stuff. It's the Ice Devil solving each of the the towers. Each of the towers. By yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, that was fun, and and like I said, it appears with Valish and Nas now, so that's the uh, right a tease that's... of the bargain it made. Yeah, yeah. Again, his side of it, I totally, I totally get, and it's totally viable. I do want to know the other side of it, though. Mm -hmm. What, what in the world could Valish and Ness offer the devil? That would get him I mean, to to to. What's fight the only for thing them? the devil basically wants? <laughs> Would they are they dumb enough to offer like their so their immortal souls? I to mean, a people devil? do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time, especially if you can uh, ascend to, if you have a chance of ascending to godhood. Right, I guess that's true. Then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, so yeah, we're we've we finished the exploration part of Etherin. Um, although this is. What I've what I've created here, uh, hopefully, is like the climax of the Etherin portion of yeah. this campaign, and then we'll go into what is the end to end game, which is the final 
uh, spire area, which is okay. I, I guess I won't get into that yet because we'll have, but it, it we should have a few sessions yet still, which which means we're looking like we will probably break uh, Tomb's record for sessions. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm certain we will, because I think that was yeah, 86 yeah, yeah. or 87 sessions. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're definitely going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, if we hit uh, the end of, I think we'd have to hit the end of April to hit uh, two years. Exactly. Yeah. I believe April 30th of 2021 was our session zero. Wow. So it has years. been a long. That is crazy. Our, our longest campaign, for sure, yeah. officially, uh, chronologically. And then once we get another session or two, it'll be our longest campaign uh, session-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Which I believe we will hit. Nice. nice. I'm looking forward to uh, playing it out. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to Chris and Raymond. Thank you to all of you uh, f- wonderful fans for watching, and we will see you next week. I think all, all you fanderful ones. All you fanderful ones. <laughs> <laughs>